I am glad you're back for day two of our look together through Revelation chapter 12. Yesterday we talked about the fact that Satan is real and evil is real. Today we get to look at verses one and two and begin to look at the fact that God will not be defeated. God is going to be the victor. We looked at Satan yesterday. He's all through Revelation chapter 12, but he's not the only character in this drama of good and evil. There are two other main characters that are brought out for us in verses 1 and 2. Revelation 12, 1 and 2. A great and wondrous sign appeared in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and a crown of 12 stars in her head. She was pregnant, and she cried out in pain, and she was about to give birth. So you have in this a picture of a woman who's about to give birth, a picture of the fact that God will not be defeated. Now in this picture, we just need to walk through it carefully and see what God is telling us here. It begins by telling us that this is a great sign that is shown to us. That's the first time that phrase is used in Revelation. And that shows us that this is a picture. It's not a literal woman. It's a great sign. It signifies something. So what does it signify? This is the one who's going to defeat Satan. What does it signify? Well, first of all, all of us think it must be Mary. But as we walk through this chapter, because Mary is the one who gave birth to Jesus, and here it talks about a woman who's pregnant. She's going to give birth, and there's going to come a a male child, that because of that child, everything is going to change. So as you and I read this, we think it must be Mary. But as we continue to walk through, we're going to find out there's some things that happen with this woman that actually happened after Mary would have died. They're outside of what Mary was allowed to do. So what is the meaning of this? What is the meaning of this picture of 12 stars and a sun and a moon? The moon beneath the feet shows dominion. The stars above the head show royalty. What's what's going on here in these verses? When you read this, you think first that it's Mary. But then you begin to think, no, there's a broader picture here of how God's been at work all through history. There are some people who think that instead of Mary, this is a picture of Israel. You have the 12 stars, and you have the 12 sons of Israel. You have the 12 tribes of Israel. This is the picture of the Old Testament saints. There are others who think that this is a picture of the church. It's just the New Testament saints. I happen to believe it's both. I think it's both Old and New Testament. I happen to believe it is the people of God that are being talked about here, all the way from the Old to the New Testament. All of those who believed in Jesus before he died and trusted in what God was saying he was going to do by being obedient to him in the sacrifices and all that he asked them to do, and those who have trusted in Jesus Christ since he's been born by looking back on the cross and saying yes to him. He died, and through faith in him, you and I have this incredible relationship with him. He is resurrected, and through our faith in him, we have this awesome life that's only in him. This woman with the moon beneath her feet and the stars around her head shows both dominion and royalty and the incredible unfolding of God's plan. God chose for himself a people in the Old Testament, the nation of Israel, the Jewish people. We today are the people of God, Jew and Gentile together as we trust in Jesus Christ. God has still and is still choosing for himself a people, the people that God chose for himself beginning in the Old Testament. Is that enough to defeat evil? The fact that God chose a people for himself, that he showed them his word, that he showed them the way, that he gave them the law, that he built them a tabernacle where they could go and worship, is that enough to defeat evil in the world? No, it is not. Is just us gathering as Christians in a fellowship of Christians, let's just say we gather just as 
a good fellowship apart from real genuine faith in Jesus Christ, trusting in what he could do. We trusted instead in our goodness and our good works and in our good love for each other. Is that enough to defeat evil in the world? No, it is not. Because evil makes its way into God's people. The Old Testament. The Old Testament saints had evil in their midst always. God would lead them out of Egypt towards the promised land and they'd make a golden calf on the way there and worship evil. He would lead them right to the edge of the promised land and they'd become afraid of the giants and they'd do evil and not go into the promised land. During the time of the judges, the Bible says they did nothing but evil. And when God gave them their own place, the nation of Israel, they had their own king and they became one of the most powerful nations on earth. But they turned away from God and they turned to false gods and they worshiped evil. It's not just the Old Testament saints, though. As you and I look at believers today, apart from Jesus Christ, apart from following him, we do evil. We follow our own whims, we follow our own ways, and we've all seen what it means to be in a church where we know that we struggle, but we're looking together to his forgiveness, and we're trusting him, and we're growing in faith. But we've all also seen what it means to be a part of a church where we're trusting in our goodness, the good works that we can do, and what a horrible, sad shadow that can become. You see, our good works, our good intentions, they are not enough to defeat evil. Our good intentions plus talking about God, that's not enough to defeat evil. It's not enough just to be the people of God. We need more. And there is a third character in this story, the most important character in this story, this incredible story of good over evil. By the way, it's not good versus evil. That might be our story if we were doing it all on our own, but that is not our story as believers in Jesus Christ. If you think that's the story, you've missed the point. That's an Eastern mysticism way of thinking, good versus evil. They're both equally powerful, and there's a battle going on, and we're not sure what's going to happen. That is not the story of the Bible. The story of the Bible is good over evil. We know that good is going to win out in the end. And how do we know that? Because in this story... There is not only this woman, this people of God, there is a male child who is being born. And the Bible says that he will rule with an iron scepter. Now, even if you don't know, Psalm 2 verse 9 is talking about Jesus when it says he will rule over them with an iron rod. Even if you didn't know that, you would recognize Jesus here. Jesus went to a cross and he stretched out his hands and he let them pierce his hands. He let them pierce his hands with nails and his feet with nails and his blood flowed down. He gave his life for us. Is that enough to defeat evil? Yes, it is. You better believe it is. It is more than enough. The sacrifice that Jesus gave for you on the cross is the only thing that is enough, and it is more than enough to defeat the evil in this world, and it has already happened. This child has been born, and Jesus has given his life right there on the cross. It is done. It is finished. Evil has already been defeated. God will not be defeated. Evil is real, but God will be victorious over evil in the end. He has looked forward to that from the very beginning in creating a people of God and calling a people of God, and he's shown us that in the death of Jesus Christ for us on the cross. Let us take a minute and thank him. Thank you, Jesus, for your victory, for the victory, the it-is-finished victory that was won on the cross. You finished evil there. Death, sorrow, pain, sin, we're all put aside because of what you did for us on the cross. And in eternity, we will enjoy no more death, no more crying, no more pain, no more sorrow, nor any such thing because of what you did. Thank you 
Thank you for the victory that is ours in Jesus Christ. Help me, help us not to try to make that victory ourselves. Help us to enjoy you and what you've done for us in bringing the gift of that victory. And we thank you in Jesus' name, amen.